We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello and welcome into the So Rare Andrews podcast brought to you by Rotowire. I am Andrew Laird, joined as always by Andy Black. Andy, we are doing this in the middle of a classic sh- midweek MLS shenanigans slate here. Uh, we were like, oh, maybe we shouldn't do it while the games are going on. And then there was the thought of like, no, we should do it because MLS can get a little crazy. And we've got Toronto absolutely uh smoking new england manhandling i think manhandling is the word you're looking for which is obviously what we were all expecting (laughs) i think we there was a bunch of confusion with gold cup of like who was going and who was staying and mls in classic mls fashion like there there was a a player note on rotowire today with an article about some of the guys that the impact were gonna not have for this game tonight two of them started so it's just like even the the media is kind of like held out, but I think that's what makes this fun. Hmm. Yeah. I like, I like pain. Pain's good. Uh, I mean, we've, we've kind of talked about this before where it's like the, you can't have it. You can't have it all the ways, you know, we're not going to have subs. We're not going to have late, you know, late deadlines locks like at the last minute where you can late swap guys. So this is just the world that we live in and we got to do the best that we can with the information that we have. And, uh, uh, these, these types of weeks where you have the heavy rotation in the, what is it? The ACF or AFC, the, the, yeah, I don't even know, but, uh, whatever those, those Asian leagues are like, you're going to have those, but even our domestic league that we should know really well, we're getting this heavy rotation and stuff that is dang near impossible to deal with. So, uh, yeah, I think it's kind of fun to just like, it's, it's almost like we're a blind, blind guy throwing darts at a board. I think we've gotten to the point where, and we've talked about this so many times that like the most important thing when setting lineups and who to choose and like the best stat to look for is who's playing. Yeah, And if you can get five guys who start, you're in really good shape and Lately, it's felt like a real like attrition battle here. And if you have five guys who start, you're in a really good spot to win a card. <laughs> yeah, so I'm just going to roll out five Michael Bradleys every week and I'll be good to go, right? 
he'll certainly get some distance covered points if uh, Silver includes those. Yeah, that's the new stat that I'm going to really petition for is uh, number of kilometers uh, run and backwards I remember, passes. I remember they made such a big deal about Bradley and how much distance he covered and completely ignored that a lot of it was that he was like back passing poorly and then he had to go chase down guys that he just gave the ball away to. And it's like, that doesn't distance covered that let's not like accentuate a guy's kilometers just because he's giving the ball away and he has to go get it back. Right. But, but the topic of this podcast was, what did we call it? Let's win more cards or something like that. So, so rare announced uh, dynamic rewards 2.0, which I wanted them to just call the new, new rewards, but yeah, dynamic rewards 2.0 sounds a lot more official, I guess. So pretty much it seems like an improvement. Like everyone seems happy with it. They seemed happy with the original request, the original or the, I guess, dynamic rewards 1.0. We were happy about it. We were happy about it at the announcement. And now that we've like lived through it a little bit, I think people are not quite as happy about it because whenever we heard dynamic, we just heard more. And people kind of ignored the fact that if there were fewer teams, there would be less. Although the less a lot of times was more than the zero we would have gotten anyway. But what was your what was your thought on the new new rewards? So my initial reaction, just like scanning through the parts, there's like part one and um, I don't know. I shouldn't say part one that they, they listed it as part one, but there's, I don't know, three or four different areas here that 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 are covered. Um, the dynamic ETH rewards or ETH rewards. Um, there's the opening rules that I don't think, I don't really understand how those changed, but I'll keep going. Um, more rewards in division three uh, and then quote unquote, even more rewards coming, which I think we're all guessing is like tier four, tier five, maybe. I don't know. Um, I love the topics here. Uh, I think that it addresses a lot of areas that people had concerns about. Um all of the people, Chicken Little, crying for the sky is falling. The whales are winning too much. Uh, uh, unique divisions open on a midweek, blah, 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 blah. Well, now they can be happy knowing that the prizes there have been scaled back depending on the number of teams playing or players playing or whatever. Um, so I think that that overall will help, uh, I guess, make those people happier since their happiness is tied to, you know, what someone else can or can't win. Right. Um, <laughs> but I think overall, like like division three being addressed was a really good thing. Um, and just the, the dynamic ETH, even for like division four, division three, I think was, was a smart move. So when I saw the topic introducing dynamic ETH rewards, I was like, whoa, this is awesome. Maybe if we score 300, we'll get 0.03. Oh, that's... Like yeah. that's immediately where I went and they were like, good news. We're changing the podium threat. And I'm like, I've never once really thought of podium. Like I, my lineups have never gotten close enough where I'm really con- thinking about podium payouts. Like, yeah. to be honest, as, and I'm sure it'd be very different if I actually won one, but I'm much more concerned with the card than I am the ETH payout for finishing, you know, podium spot. So like I get that they did it and that's nice, but I hate that like my mind immediately went to like 
there are going to be other opportunities to win ETH and there aren't. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that that's a fair like criticism of it because, uh, you know, the podium, like the, this is, this was a big announcement for them and, and the number of people that actually, um, are competing for podiums is, you know, a, a smaller percentage of the, the yeah. people on the platform. But that said, um, I still think it was important to address. Um, yeah. If it, it felt more like they are, they addressed it to take away from unique and division one, which whatever. I don't it was care. their way of yeah. It was their way of doing it, but it 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 affects everyone. So it's not like they're just targeting the the whales and the guys playing the unique division. It's oh no, this is for everyone. Well, I think it was smart to put it that way because the I think the general response to the unique division having such a big payout, like three ETH every game week, and the D one whatever the podium is, I don't even know what that is, but. I think the reason people thought or what the people wanted, the pitchforks wanted was take that and give it to everybody else in D4. Right. Right. And this kind of feels like that's what it is. So I get it. Yeah. I get why people are happy about it. A little bit, I guess, but not, that's not what it is. It's just, you know, hey, we're not going to pay the full amount out on a short midweek. Yeah. I, so selfishly, the most important one for me was the Division Three payouts. Like I just mm-hmm. recently started playing D3. And as soon as I started playing, I was like, this was dumb. Because while the prizes are good, they're hard to win. And when you just look at the number of payouts, which is what everybody did, and to see that 100 people are competing for the same number of payouts in D2 or same number of cards in D2 than the 800 who play in D3 or whatever the, whatever the respective numbers are. 800 is a little high, I guess, but it was obviously much easy, easier, meaning the payouts are higher in D2. So it's like, why am I playing D3 if it's so much harder? Then I actually win a card and it happens to be one I of a guy I already have. So like that didn't make me any feel any better about it. However, it was obvious that they were going to have to put more rewards in D3. Like there were, it just wasn't sustainable. And I think we talked about this, I think on the progression podcast, but there was, oh no, not the progression podcast, whatever it was, the need for tier two and tier three uh, super rares kind of disappeared. Like if it's, if you need the tier ones to win a card in D3, like what what's the point of buying tier two and tier three super rares. And the point that I think there wasn't one, but now that you can actually win more cards in D two D three, it gives you the, the, it gives you a path to using those lower valued super rares and actually possibly winning a card. Yeah. Um, you mentioned, you mentioned it was like selfish to, to think that, tier three or uh, division three needed to be improved. I don't think so at all. I think that it was clear and it was unanimous that everyone thought the rewards had to be better there. So um, I think that that was something that they had to address. Otherwise people were going to be prioritizing it less and less. And it, it would just make that division almost pointless. But I think that they do need to take it either a step further or they totally need to rethink things. But I would get to the point where, um, 
uh, Division Three required the two super rares because mm. we're getting to the point where, um, yeah, the those like tier two and tier three super rares are becoming more usable. But the moment they're required for that division, then they they become a lot more valuable cards. And, um, you know, we've never once had a moment where a rare card has had a nerf to their utility. Well, this would be that that nerf a little bit because you wouldn't be able to just stack your your division threes with you know elite rares. At some point, you would have to have a couple super rares that you put in there. Um, yep. And it would give a it would give a value boost to those lower end super rares as well because they would unlock that division. Right. Yeah. Maybe we need a division three. What would it be? Two point five, where you actually do require. I mean, we've talked about that before too, of like having specific tiers based on minimum, you know, minimum super rares like that. So yeah, just I guess an extra progression step, if you will. What was your thought on being able to win guys who haven't played in eight months? That didn't really move the needle much for me. Um, uh, like, okay, uh, more rewards, I guess. I, I would almost rather see those guys held back a little bit. Um, but I, if I, I guess people do like to win stuff. Winning stuff is fun. So if you can reward out um, a little bit more cards, uh, sure. And, you know, maybe someday it turns into something. We've all had that. I shouldn't say we all have had that card, but, uh, you know, I've had a card or two that, you know, went from complete DNP. I didn't even know, like, maybe it was like a guy in the Asian League that I didn't follow or whatever, and then all of a sudden he's playing and he's great. Um, we've all had a, maybe, maybe like I said, maybe not we all, but we, we've had, we've seen cards like that, you know, turn up. So, uh I don't know. I guess it's a good thing. I'm just, like I said, for me, it didn't move the needle much. I think the biggest thing they have to do is make sure it doesn't, that they don't just get mixed in with tier three rewards. Oh, for sure. For sure. That is 100% the most important part of that. Like if it's, if, I mean, I think they, they have to like go out of their way and be very specific. Like these are tier four, call them whatever you want. But if they're added in the tier three pool, which like right now very much feels like a everyone else pool, I have cards. I have one tier three cards that very much feel like they should fit in this. I mean, they haven't been injured, I guess. So maybe it's not that dramatic, but they really need to be careful. Well, and well, one one thing's for sure. If they do mess that up, we all know who to blame. <laughs> <laughs> this new Thomas guy. Right. This new Thomas guy, they put his name in the blog. It's a it's a new employee that we haven't heard of. Thomas, we're coming for you, man. <laughs> <laughs> Poor guy getting thrown under the bus like right away. Yeah, well, I do think like like you said, like that's the most important part, making sure that those don't get mixed in with the tier threes, but also like like an overall hard look, um, uh, audit, if you will, of all the tiers and and coming up with a sustainable way of getting them right. Because this has been a problem now for, for a bit. And uh, let's, let's try to get all the tiers right. Not not just whatever this new tier four is. Let's, let's get them all right. Yeah. I saw something on either in the Discord or on Twitter somewhere that 
some of the ambassadors have some are able to send like feedback in guy in players who shouldn't be in certain tiers. And it does seem like the tiers have gotten better. I don't know if it's because we haven't had any like European leagues so that those are the ones that tend to get the most eyeballs on it. But it seems like the tiers are getting better. We're not getting those like bundle guys that, you know, the AC Milan players that really shouldn't have been tier or star and tier and, and ended up being there. But the, what I was saying, I think I brought this up to you earlier this week that there was, there's part of it that's like, oh, it's an automated process. We really don't want too many human interaction with it because then, you know, you never know somebody, it just looks bad. Right. So I was like, okay, that's fine. Like I get it. You, but you obviously need to make sure that that algorithm is good enough that it can run on its own. And we don't have all of these, these cards that shouldn't be in, in it. But then obviously the auctions are different. And I was saying to you that we have guys, the, the tier seem to be getting better. I say that and they're still like MLS. I think John McCarthy, who I believe is no longer going to be starting for Miami is still like a tier one rare, but then we'll have like this week we had like an Evan Bush super rare auction. And it's like, you would never have done that if you didn't know that Eloy room was gone for gold cups. Like obviously somebody is looking like, Oh wait, there is an uptick here. Let's get a super rare out there since they can, that's how they make their money. Maybe, maybe like that's the other a bit of a disconnect. Maybe that's the other secret job of Thomas. You know, he's behind the scenes looking for all the injured players and putting the perfect auctions out at the perfect times. Um, I mean, honestly, that should be somebody's job uh, coming up with the, the the order of auctions and, and what is the most profitable for so rare because, yeah, that it makes a lot of sense that those guys are being auctioned right now because, you know, those, those, are, the guys, yeah, those are the guys we want to buy right now. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. No. So back on the, I don't remember what we called it currency. Maybe when we had Evaldo on Yeah. and Evaldo was saying one of my favorite things that he said was we can do, we can examine a lot of things in terms of like where we think values of cards are going to go. But the one thing that we will never know is when so rare will either increase or decrease the supply of cards. Yeah. So we've now seen auctions push back to every three minutes, which is the longest I can remember in quite a while. I think it was close to five when I initially joined. And I mean, this was back in November, okay. which is in so rare, just like eons ago. Forever ago. Yeah. One of my favorite things about that time, and people who are recent to SoWare will not believe this, there were auctions that just went unbid on. Yeah. Players that just never got bought. And like even the worst of the worst now, you will still see get a few bids on them. But there were times where, yeah, guys just didn't get bid. So with the decrease in auctions per day and this vast increase in rewards is that good for us like theoretically it is right theoretically yeah because there's less to buy on the primary market and soon there'll be more on the secondary market but um 
I don't know. I, I I don't know if that's just appetite right now. Like there's just not a lot of appetite to buy cards period because those that are playing MLS and Asia already kind of have what they want and they're not really interested in buying more. Uh, I don't have the answer to that. Um, I, I do. I did see what you saw where they're slowly moving that two minutes. Uh, I mean, it was one minute, then it was one, one minute and 30 seconds and they just kept tacking 30 seconds onto it. And now they're up to three yeah. minutes. Uh, I imagine they're using some kind of calculator that's looking at uh, demand overall and, and tying it to that, but I really don't know what they're tying it to. Yeah. Um, but I think it is smart for them to, to control that. And I'm happy to see it. Yeah. It did seem like there was a bit of an outcry of how difficult it is to sell cards, but I kind of feel like that always exists, but the easiest way for so rare to help that is to reduce the auctions. And so, or increase the time of auctions or decrease the number per day. So yeah, I guess they're listening. I, th- I think a lot of those complaints too, are just um, bad complaints. If you want to sell a card, you can sell a card. Yeah, I think that's fair. It needs to be priced. You got to price it right. Um, but yeah, we're not all going to sell our cards right now above market value in that's just not going to happen. And I think that there's a lot of people that expect that like, Oh, the last one to auction was 0.5. Mine should sell for 0.5 or more. Well, no. (laughs) I actually feel like every card I buy or I want, I'm interested in buying is more expensive than the last auction. Partially because I mean, it's working. Like I look and like, Oh, there's, there's not another auction coming up. And so now I do have to pay more than the last auction. Right. So I don't. <laughs> so are you, I mean, you're at a point where you're probably not like buying cards for the Euro season or are you? Um, I don't know. I bought a couple today, but that's just me. You know, I bought, I bought an MLS card today. Really? Uh, for this tight game week coming up? No, just more of a collector card, Fred Emmings. Oh, right, right. <laughs> and then I bought, I, I did buy a card last night for the tight game week. It was a uh, Japanese player that plays for Cincinnati. I've never heard of him. Um, half of, ha- yeah, half of his cards are midfielder cards, and half of them are forward cards. And I needed, I needed a forward, so I picked up, I picked up one of those. But uh, as far as like the European season goes. I desperately need to be reorganizing my gallery and uh, I have formulated like a strategy that I'm going to use this, this fall, but I haven't started making purchases yet because for a couple of reasons, like transfers, a lot of those aren't done yet. So I don't know where guys are going to end up. So I might have a partial strategy. Like I wanted to maybe build around uh uh, Roma's uh, defense because I have a Mancini uh, super rare, but <clears throat> I'm not a hundred percent sure who's going to be playing back there with with him. Whether it's uh, uh, Kumbala or uh, I think there's uh, Ibanez maybe, and Spinazzola just hurt himself, blew up his AC uh, or uh, Achilles. Achilles, yeah. So I, I just want to wait until all that stuff shakes out. Um, like, where's Horvath going to be? Uh, and I know that that's challenger, but uh, not. I'm, I, I think it's tough to make like like have a strategy right now when you don't know what 
you don't know what the teams are going to look like here in another month. So yep. I'm kind of kind of waiting. Uh, what are you doing right now? Buying as much as I can. Yeah. No, I I bought some cards absolutely, and I keep thinking to myself how much of a mistake it is. Like it very much feels like the lead up to MLS when the new cards are not out yet. And everybody who bought then kind of feels like they're a little under the water because that was the peak of, of MLS cards. And here we are a month out, basically maybe five or six weeks out from all the, the big European leagues starting Jupiter and Russia start early. And I, I can't tell if I'm overpaying or not. And so that's, I'm, I feel uh, like I should just not worry about that. Like I'm, I want the card. And if it's an okay price now, like there's no guarantee I can get it later. I've but. seen some of your buys and I can tell you right now, you're not overpaying. And, and the, the main reason I'll, I'll stick to my guns on this one is a couple of factors. One MLS, like the MLS was starting around the time of the boom or the quote unquote boom period we had with Gary V and, and pumping all the, the, people in there or whatever um, prices for everything were soaring uh, towards the, the start of MLS because yeah. that boom had happened, my opinion. And all of those new people did not have MLS cards. So that's why we saw people paying 0. 0.7, 0. 0.8 ETH for uh, Maurer and Willis and all these other guys that are just like, what? <clears throat> you bought a goalkeeper the other day, right? Uh, European goalkeeper. I did. Yeah. I bought uh add-on okay he's a good goalkeeper right i hope so i mean he he played in uh, la liga uh, uh well, he was on a la liga team <laughs> yeah fair he he's the starting goalkeeper for the best team in portugal right yes. the, and they get a lot of clean sheets yes D- did you play pay 0.8 for him <laughs> <laughs> no i did not okay I don't know. I feel like you're doing pretty good compared to some of the MLS spies that were, were going on at that time. Okay. That's an incredibly high bar to have to reach. I will say thank you to John Nellis for selling me this card. Uh, he and uh, I have a similar strategy. He, I am, I would say, dipping my toes in it, and he has completely jumped into the U23 pool. So uh, he, uh, Adon is like 48 years old in uh, soccer terms. I think it's like 34 or something like that, but I'm, I needed a challenger goalkeeper, but so, but that's what I was doing. I'm basically trying to make teams for the fall and I can't, I can't decide if I'm making the right decision or not. What I, what I did decide is that I want to start the season with these guys. And yeah. if I decide that, then I can't wait for the new cards because they're just not, they won't be there. I, I, I think the general, belief is that the new cards will come out in like September, which I think follows what we've seen previously, certainly follows like what happened with K league, J league and MLS. Like they came about a month after the season started. Yeah. I just, I would have to look at like previous seasons and announcements and stuff. That might be something to do is like go soaring back through and find when all those cards for uh, uh, Belgian league were released because their season starts what end of this month? End of July, yeah. So it would be interesting to see when those cards came out last year, because I'm sure it's around the same time. Um, but 
I feel like their relationship with them is so good that we might get the cards a little bit sooner, but you're right. It's still, they got to do media day and all that. I just, I don't know how quickly it can happen. And like transfers are still happening up, up until September 1st. So right. like there's, I think we also, for the, uh, didn't a river DC get added in like December or yeah. January? Like it was, it was late. It was late. So we have no idea. I, I realized that the other day, maybe it was earlier today. Like I said, so rare time is just a blur to me. But I noticed that some of the guys that I was looking for had only had like 50 cards minted. And it was just like, how are we only at 50 if we had a whole season? But those cards we didn't. Like the Jubilee cards are are much deeper. Right. And so I wonder if though, you know, we get those leagues that end up being a little more bigger part of the rewards pool early in the season because they have them or what? I don't know. I I don't know what my strategy fully is yet because I, some of the cards I want, there's only one or two on the market. And when there's only one or two on the market and both of them are double the price of the last sale that was last week, it's like, I don't know what, I don't know how to price anything now. Yeah. I did have somebody met- make fun of me today though about a card I tried to buy from them. What card were you trying to buy? I was trying to buy an Ethan Horvath. And oh, nice. Horvath hasn't signed yet. And we were talking earlier today that this Fulham deal, like there's no guarantee that he's a starter at Fulham. Yeah. And people are like, oh, he wouldn't move to be a backup. And he's moving to, I guess, a comp. I don't know if if it's comparable. I think people may think the English championship may be better than the Eredivisie or excuse me, Jupiler. And if that's the case, why would he go to a better league and instantly become a starter if he was not a starter in Belgium? So anyway, I made a, an offer to a guy that I absolutely believed was unfair in the like low. It wasn't like a, it wasn't. Um... By the way, real quick, uh, Thomas Kaminsky was a good example of a guy. Well, no, he was a starter in the uh, Jupiler League. So that that's a bad example. I take it back. For what? Oh, for moving? Yeah. Yeah. So he moved, but he was already a starter. But he was already in, a starter. Yeah. I, but anyway, I think so. Yeah. So I send an offer to somebody that was below the last sale price. The last sale price was the first, basically the first Horvath that sold after this news. Yeah. And, but there, but there is no news. That's the thing. It's, it's just, they're all rumors. And so I, he told me how much he wanted. And that was more than I was willing to spend on a guy who literally is unemployed right now. And so that was it. That was, it was no hard feelings. It was just like, okay, he, he, this was my price. His price was higher. And we were like, okay, no deal. But then he contacted me later saying somebody else's card sold for more than what I offered. And so he was increasing his price. His, his price was already higher than what the, the card just sold for. And that's when I'm like, I'm not sure he wants to sell this card. Yeah. I mean, he obviously yeah, that- is just waiting for somebody to pay it. And I bet somebody pays it. But it was just funny to like then troll Maybe. me about it. Yeah, that's like classic, uh, classic dealing with people on so rare. Like, there's some people that are really good to deal with. Like, I'll share your interaction with John Nellis was really, really good, and you guys had a good back and forth. By the way, he's got a good new podcast out there. I'm gonna yeah, go ahead does. and uh, plug it for him real quick. But, um, but yeah, there's there's so many people that the worst are, are like the choosing. I call them choosing beggars, where they're like, uh, um, hey, just sell me the card, man. Just sell me. You don't. You're not even using it. 
Um, sell me it for a low price. Sell me a below uh, market value. It's like, come on, man. You're reaching out to me. <laughs> I should just block you right now. <laughs> I, <laughs> I will say the one that always I that the one that I thought was weird was when you have a card that you have you have on the market, and let's say it's a com it's a competitively priced card even the cheapest and close to a last sale, like it's priced to sell and they lowball you. And then it's like, well, help me out here. Yeah. It's like, why am I helping you? Right. You, you want to buy this card. I would like to sell it at this price. I'm hoping somebody else buys it. Like it's the, it, it I almost feel bad, like saying this out loud, <laughs> but like, I'm not here to help you. That's it. I'm selling my card because I would like to buy something else. What would your thought be on if they ever had like an order book? And like and and maybe not in the traditional sense that you see like in the and in, in like the stock market or whatever, but what if it were like I put in a bid to buy Horvath at point three or whatever? And that that bid just sits out there. And if somebody so there's a definitely a negative side of this. But like if he gets hurt or something yeah. um, or whatever, or the good, good news, good, something good happens. But what if I, what if I put that bid out there? I will buy him at point three. And uh, if there's any sellers that want to take me up on that, all they got to do is click the button and it sells me the card. Um, it's it. almost, the, it's almost reverse, right? I think that. Yeah. I love it. I, I, I'm guessing that's the point of the, the want to buy and for sale rooms. Uh, yeah, on Discord, but I agree. It's I feel like the the want to buy room is is everybody who's like I don't want to pay full price for a card. Yeah, and it doesn't work. But yes, I love that idea of being able to say if anybody wants to sell this card for me at this price, I'm here. But but I think the. I mean, the downside is yes, somebody has that, and you end up buying an injured guy. But yeah, like Horvath breaks his leg, and then somebody clicks the button to to sell right. him to you for point three. Yeah, yeah, but but there's kind of that with like backup goalies when people have backup goalies posted for point oh two, and then the starter gets hurt, and people just snap them up. Like I think there's risk on both sides, and you just need to oh. understand it. Or there's like a secondary confirmation. So like you can post your bid at point three um, and somebody can accept it. But before it goes through, I got to hit accept on my end uh, to finalize it. Like that might be the way to implement that. I think that's the right idea. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we got Sean over here talking about his Chicago fire stack that he's super proud of. Um, the zucchini scored. Yeah, the zucchini scored zucchini head. <laughs> Mr. Barrick, which I was I was at the Chicago Fire game uh, last weekend, and the fans in Chicago were just absolutely giving it to Barrick. Like, oh, really? They were they were giving it to him. They were really upset with his work ethic, his work rate, and and uh, there was this guy sitting next to my daughter, just like like just letting him have it. Like I I forget some of the stuff that he was saying. I probably can't repeat it on stream, but. <laughs> But they wanted a real striker, is what I heard. That was the one of the comments that I heard. <laughs> okay, okay. 
Yeah, I think Sean Sean looks in uh, in a good position here. No Carlos Hill this week in his Chicago Fire stack, though. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Midron, unbelievable. Anyway, uh, I love that idea of being able to post like buy orders, basically. I think that's a really good idea. Yeah, um, Masaki just kind of commented that she agrees that it would improve liquidity, liquidity, and I I think that that's a uh, a good observation. I think it would too. I think the problem, I mean, I guess they wouldn't have to do it, but like whenever you make a bid or an offer to somebody, like it locks your ETH up. But theoretically, if there's a secondary step, then they could just do that, all of those in like a database, right? Wouldn't have I don't to know. be on the blockchain. I don't know how the technicals would work. I'll let the uh, smart guys work on that. We need HG <laughs> here to answer that one for us. Yeah. Which I was, I was kind of nudging him, trying to get him to come on today, but uh, I think he was, I think it was pretty late for him. It's like yeah. three a.m. there. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't sleep, but yeah, it is a little late. I right. Think, uh... We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over three hundred and fifty million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. The, what was I just about to bring up to you? It was the increase in rewards. Oh, yeah, yeah. So the increase of rewards. Oh, yeah. There we was, were talking about rewards, weren't we? <laughs> we are talking about rewards today. <laughs> so there was some pushback from some people, not pushback, but like I know some people who are trying to track the number of rewards each week based on the number of teams and based on the number of players. And it seems like it's a little out of whack. I think this week is kind of an outlier. Do you think, like, can you explain to me why knowing the formula matters? Of like, we should know exactly how many cards are being paid out each week. Like, do you think your strategy changes at all if you knew that? No, I think it's important if you think that the team is like grossly incompetent and uh, you think that you need to know that information to properly invest in the platform. But, uh, um, if you, if you think that they're competent in any way, then I think that you just have to, to, to 
kind of trust that it's it's going to work. Uh, I think I think I can look at the like reward structure as is, and just kind of like give it a once over every week and determine where I'm going to put my cards and what type of cards I'm going to buy. Um, I don't know. I'm also in a different place than a lot of people uh, with the cards that I own. So what's your thought on that? I didn't really see the problem. With not, with not having the formula or with not having the formula. I like, I don't, I don't need the formula. Yeah. What I, what I want is thinking I can win a card. Like that's it. And so if they're paying out 200 cards in a game week and 175 the next with the same number of teams, like I, that's okay to me. I just don't think that knowing the algorithm will tell me, will change the way that I make lineups or enter them. Like, yeah, maybe it should, but I haven't thought of it enough to think that if I mean, there's that, a game week where I'm like, there are only 50 cards here, but there should be 57. That doesn't really change anything for me. I mean, you still have the cards that you have, so you're either going to play them or not play them. Like I was talking about, uh, me and Sean realized that one game week that, oh my gosh, the D2 U23 uh, rewards were awful that week. Um, but guess what? We both still played. And uh, yeah, they were, gave away a bunch of tier threes. And and like, I actually won a card that week and I had a, a, an amazing performance from my U23s. It was great. And I think I squeaked out in the like seventh place and that was the last spot to win a card. And it was a tier three, but... I was still really happy to win a card. Like that was really cool to me. So um, yeah, I don't need the formula. I, I trust that they can do a, a good job with the economics of, of it all. Okay. Uh, yeah. I think. And even if I had the formula, I wouldn't be able to figure it out anyway. So I'm not smart enough. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. There, there are some very smart people who have been trying to figure it out and it, I just don't, I just don't think it changes anything for me. Like I know that it's not easy to win cards everywhere. And so I have to make better lineups to do it. And it's almost like, not that I'm trying to make lineups that have like podium upside every week. I mean, obviously I would like that, but I still think I need to place highly in order to win a card. And so, yeah, more cards. It, it, it was almost like the increase in rewards threw them off because they were like, no, no, no we sh- we're not supposed to have this many. And it's like, well, that should be okay, right? <laughs> don't, don't we want them to give us more? Yeah. We want to win more know. cards. I think people are just going to find a way to be upset no matter what. I don't know if they were upset, but they were just like, I think they want to know things that don't matter. Yeah. But maybe they matter them, I guess. I, th- I think what's important is that they come up with some kind of solution that is sustainable and that they never have to change again. So um, it might take a few iterations to get there, but eventually we have to come to some kind of dynamic solution that is the uh, last solution that we would th- that's that's done because the game the game needs to be like finalized at some point and, and we like long-term 
we need like a some stability in what the game is. Do you think it's our responsibility? Not responsibility, but should we really care about so rare sustainability? Yeah, I mean, let me rephrase this. Like, obviously, we need so rare to to exist. Yeah, but like, do you? There's no way we get to a point where we're like, guys, you're giving away too much. Please stop. This is not sustainable, right? I mean. In theory, you're, I think you're you're kind of right, but like if if they do something stupid and they're like um, overly minting everything and we don't have user growth, um, then you're devaluing everything by even re- even giving new rewards. Like I could win a uh, Carlos Vela, but me winning that Vela just made the Vela that I already had less valuable because supply just keeps keeps going. And, you know, I think it is important to, uh, have a, have a thumb on supply and not, not over, over mint, even if it is in, in rewards and not auction sales. Hmm. What do you think? I'm just not sure we ever have enough information to know what's sustainable and what's not. Yeah. That's probably fair. And I'm not sure I want to know. Like, I don't, I, I mean, obviously we would, <laughs> if they go under, we're going to be like, oh, we should have known this. Yeah. But it just, it's funny to me that there's this idea that like, oh, we, people are debating like how many rewards they can give away. And we're seeing this explosion of rewards and they're like, hmm, is that sustainable? And it's like, is that, should we care about that actually? A little bit. Yeah. That's that's my answer. That's my final answer. We should care a little bit, um, but I, I think that their whole livelihood depends on it. So I don't think it's something that they're gonna f up. Okay. Slightly tilting now because I see my boy Debassy is not even in the squad tonight. I'm not even looking at lineups because they're so brutal. Like I just looked and I shouldn't have looked. I ca- I think I capped into Mueller twice. Um, his He's rare. He'll and- play. Oh, okay. Is he on? He, I thought he. Oh, maybe no, he's they not made, on yet. They made three subs, and he wasn't one of them. <laughs> wow. Yikes! That can't be good. Oh, he's on. 80th minute. Okay, great. See, he always comes on. He's got 10 minutes to turn out some points. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's the beauty. That's the beauty of uh, Mueller. When he gets a decisive, it's worth 45 points. Mm-hmm. No, 35 points. 35. Yeah. <laughs> Man, now I'm going to be upset about that. Is he not- minus, including my, it's killing my D3 just as I'm like, oh, D3, why am I here? Now, why am I here? What I don't understand is like, that would be a situation. He plays center back, right? That would be a situation where I would think there's no possible way that he rests because Boxel's gone. Right. Yeah. So like, how can they rest? How can they rest him? They, they found a way apparently. Well, I don't know if it's rest. It could be. I haven't looked to see if it was injury announced tonight but they they have Kalman and Raitala at center back tonight maybe the scout team center back is so comfortable playing with the other scout team center back that they just wanted to pair them together it's so funny you say that because I like believe that in fantasy football like NFL 
that if there's mm-hmm. like a backup quarterback in, then like the fifth or sixth wide receiver could have a good game because yep. Or the backup tight end you see a lot. Um, usually it's usually it's like tight end or uh, second tight end or like a slot receiver. Right, right. Slotting in for the injured Debassy. Nobody even knew he was injured. God, I hate MLS. Yeah. Anyway. Um, what were we talking about? Winning all these cards that we're going to win? Yeah, winning all these cards as we all look at our DNPs and, <laughs> and, and cry a little bit. What made it even worse is they're rotating before an, like a brief international break. <laughs> yes. like there's one MLS game this weekend and not another for a week after that. Right. Like, why did Mueller need to come on in the 80th minute? Like, <laughs> like he's scored in their last like four games or he's had yeah. a piece, uh, maybe not scored, but he's had a goal or an assist in like their last like four or five games. And eh, we'll just bring him on in the 80th minute to run at these guys for 10 minutes. Like, maybe. And like, Nani didn't start and somebody else was out, right? Dyke is at the gold yeah. cup. Yeah. Like, if there was ever a chance for Mueller to start, this was it. <laughs> it's bizarre. 80th minute. This is like the... So, Rotowire... I mean, I think a lot of people know this already, but, like, we do projected lineups and stuff like that. People are like, oh, he wasn't projected to start, or you guys had him in this projected lineup. And, I mean, this is kind of an issue with all the leagues. MLS just kind of accentuates it, I think. But... Like if we know that there's rotation, do you think we just guess on who's being rotated? Uh, you're asking me how to do your job, Laird. <laughs> how to do it better? <laughs> no, um, I think that the only thing that you can get right 100 percent of the time are injury. Well, not even injuries, suspensions. You can get yeah. suspensions right, and you can get like players gone for the Gold Cup or other travel-related international stuff. You can get that right pretty close to 100% of the time. Although we saw with like that Rio, I know I know that you guys don't cover the J League, but Rio Hatat, uh, that uh, like so rare in Japan, that guy was even like I don't know if he's with the team, I don't know if he traveled for the Olympics yet. Um, I mean, there's going to be weird scenarios where it's just like nobody knows, um, especially in the more obscure leagues, but I think that, you know, you guys can't really guess at rotation and I see people complain like, Oh, Rotowire um, does a terrible job with their predicted lineups or whatever. It's like, no, nobody could have predicted that, you know, this guy was going to be out. And, and furthermore, I don't know where else you're going to try to get your predicted MLS lineups, but good luck. Um, yeah. I don't know what the solution is. Like we have pages that show like previous, you know, who started every other previous game. It's all on one page. That obviously helps us try to figure out who's going to be in the lineup. But yeah, like projecting rotation, like even the local beat reporters get it wrong. There was an article today or yesterday in the Montreal Gazette about the three guys they were losing for the Gold Cup. And they were like, they're not going to play tonight. Yeah. And Kyoto started tonight and scored. He yeah, was one what of the, the hell? guys that that's unbelievable. Like even if you hired all of the beat writers to do your predicted lineups, they'd still be wrong all the time. Just because you can't predict that stuff. Yeah. And then you can't you also can't predict unannounced or 
um, just undisclosed injuries. And those, we know how often those happen they're, they're all the time. It's like, Oh yeah. He had a knock from the last game. He, what? <laughs> I have seen a few that they'll have press conferences Friday morning and they're like, Oh yeah, he got hurt Friday during training later yeah. in the day. So there was nobody around to sh- tell. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. Great. Um, man, New York City FC losing tonight on that Kyoto goal. Just yeah. rough night for uh for Lardino over here. I had uh Maxi Morales's I don't know if I captained him or not, but I, he just had a hor- horrific game. I watched most of the first half and he lost the ball over and over and over again. I don't think that he did anything productive at all. He had like twenty points, I think. My son likes Maxi Morales because He's 10 and he's the same size as Maxi Morales. <laughs> but Maxi, I hate to say, it, it might be time to find yeah. a, an easier league. I'll put it that way. Easier league, huh? Yeah. They're out there, aren't they? Well, I mean, MLS is the worst league in the, in the world. Maybe the league that uh, Ajax played the, that, that, uh, that, <laughs> that team against today where the goalie weighed about 400 pounds. That so rare memes account is just he crushed it today. <laughs> it's so funny. He absolutely crushed it today. He really does. He really does. I think today the comment he made was when you set the so rare data filter to goalkeepers that I can afford. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. I appreciate smart humor like that. Um, so, do you think it's going to be easy to win cards? In the fall, when we have eight hundred challenger teams and all the all of them in global all star, I think uh, would define easy. Uh, I mean, I think that the more competitions you're in, uh, the better the better chance you got. No, but, it's the opposite. Not more lineups, <laughs> better lineups. Uh huh. Better lineups. It depends. Do we want quality prizes or quantity prizes? Don't answer that. Yeah. Where's Jimmer <laughs> with his tier three Kikuchi comment? Yeah. Yeah. Do you think I it's don't re- know. do you <clears throat> when you plan out lineups, maybe you don't do it quite as granular as I do. Like I have like a full spreadsheet of things that like these are the guys I will probably always try to play in Challenger Europe. Here's the guys I try to prioritize in, in America. Do you build those lineups thinking they can win? Um, yeah, kind of, I guess. I don't know. But I, I also have like this, I always root for the underdog, you know? So like, like I'll put a lineup together and be like, oh yeah, this looks great. And it's like two, two tier twos and a tier three or something. And it's just like, like, like when I look at the end of the week and I'm like, wow, that lineup sucked. It's like, well, yeah, um, that like you had two guys that probably weren't going to start. Um, you really expected this guy to come off the bench, and then you had this random Asian guy that you don't even know who he is. Like, I mean, look at my U twenty three D four this week. I I had a, I got a pretty th- good thing going right now. I have uh, Mahalovic and Mason Toy who combined for a goal today. There we but go. I have, yeah, great. But I also have a midfielder in there from Asia that I don't even know who he is. I just <laughs> he fit. <laughs> He fit into the lineup and I put him in there and he got 30 points. So it's like, eh, I don't know. I guess I could, I guess that lineup could work out. (laughs) 
But I do a I lot know. of that where it's just like, like sometimes there's just not a lot of like, what were you doing? <laughs> so I completely rearranged my lineups at 5.43 in the morning on Tuesday. You woke I up. Hap I happened to wake up and I don't know what possessed me to look at my phone because I usually just go back to sleep. But I was like, you know what? It's 5.40. Let me check. So you know what it was? It was these damn Asian Champions League games. So like there was a, uh, was it last midweek? I think it was last midweek. So I have this Ulsan stack, five player stack, and two guys didn't start. But the lineup for their uh, ASC match came out before the deadline. So a lot of people were able to ch make the changes because they're awake because it's either not in the US or they are just awake. So I think that burned me enough that like all of a sudden it was like, oh, I've got 20 minutes before the deadline. Let me just see who's in. And there was a guy, uh, Ayumu Seko from Osaka, Gamba, Cerezo, one of the Osakas, was supposed to be gone for the Olympics. And I look on my phone and he's starting in 20 minutes. Nice. So I completely redo all of my lineups because I, I did not have him in a lineup. And not only did I have to put him in a lineup, I ended up putting him in a U23 lineup because he's U23. And I had other guys that I – like I was not submitting a U23 lineup this midweek. So you had but to tear because, everything apart. So I, I took everything – like I had U23 guys in other uh, lineups. So I make this lineup. Deadline hits, and I'm like, this lineup has absolutely no upside. Like, none. Yeah. And Seco scores 65.1, and I captained him. So he gets nice. me to 82. And the rest of the guys, I'm like, this is not happening. Keaton Park scored a goal tonight and had, like, Ooh. 30. Uh, what does he have? 18 all around. Like, Keaton Parks is sitting at 82. That sounds so like lineup, upside to me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> There's the only goal he scored was one earlier this season and he didn't even start and he finished with 60. And I'm like, if 60 is my <laughs> goal upside, this lineup is dead. And so now I'm like, this is the only lineup I have to sweat for the rest of the game week because Debassi crushed two of them. And I had a, an out of nowhere Higashiguchi DNP from his Asian champions league. Cause they rotated and they somehow rotated a goalie. You got to rest those goalies, man. You don't want them getting tired. Those Asian goalies, their backs start to go out. You know, they uh, they start to get arth they start to get arthritis. You got to really rest them and make sure that they take their meds. And Sean's gonna like podium with the Chicago Fire of all. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe there'll be a Toronto Toronto stack that that kills them. That was the other thing. I kept trying to get the uh, Soteldo super rares and I kept like missing out and like not going one more bid. I think I was literally in on three of the, the three super rare auctions and he absolutely crushed tonight. Yeah. Apologies to Brad Knighton for bringing that up. Poor Brad Knighton. D does he have zero yet? <laughs> I think he's going to look 19.9. Okay. Which well. is actually not that bad for an error led to goal and three, uh, Oh no, I'm showing 23 points. Oh. That's actually really good for three goals conceded and uh air led to goal. So everybody out there, buy 
Brad Knighton. Um, <laughs> I know, I know somebody that owns a whole bunch of them for your, you got to get your 23 points every week, guys. Carlos Hill scored 85. Another. Yeah. And that's with minus six from, from goals against. Cause Does they he get those as a midfielder three. too. Yeah. They minus yeah. two per, per goal against minus two per right. And Gustavo Boo, uh, that lineup was dead anyway. Ah, yeah. man. I just. Who, who else is in that U23 D, uh, team that you got? The no upside. Uh, yeah. I have my new best friend, um, Thomas Hazel. Ah. From Vancouver. Nice. They play tomorrow, right? Nope. Playing right now. Oh. I've got Leon, Leon Flack from uh, Philly, who absolutely will not score a goal. Although somebody yeah, but else he'll churn out 50 points for you guaranteed. Hopefully. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm calling it right now. 50, 52 points from him tonight. All right. I'll, I'll take tomorrow. It. Tomorrow, I guess. Tomorrow. Yeah. And then I ended up playing Rio Hatate or Hatat because he was my forward. So I actually went in like, I'm you guessing I'm only getting four guys here, but yeah. So I was saying to you earlier, I have Hazel, but I also have Rusnak super rare in champion America D three. But now that Debassi's out, I can just hope that Rusnak has two penalties saved. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Is is he uh is he like not on ben- the bench at all? Yeah, Debassi? No, he's yeah. out. Just yeah. out. I got no chance. That sucks. I have him in, in two lineups too. This guy <sighs> pretty much scores like 65 or zero. <laughs> and he's a regular starter. That's the worst part. Yeah, that's frustrating. Recently, where he had like a third minute yellow card and it was just all downhill from there. He had an error that led to a goal last week. So I brought him in this week. I'm like, he'll bounce back. Nope. Didn't play. Didn't play at all. He's just <sighs> bouncing my lineup right out of contention. What I really need is Casper uh, Shabilko to go nuts this week. I've had enough of the non goal scoring. I've uh, got a couple comments over here from. Uh, yeah, it's all Sean. I don't want to. <laughs> Cerezo, Osaka, Sika, every everyone was. Seco, yeah, everyone was surprised yeah. he was in. He was definitely uh, supposed to be gone for the Olympics. Guys, all of my fire guys did well. If I win Global All Star two, woof, poor you guys. Uh, there's nothing more tilting than reading a Sean uh, message in chat. All caps. Yeah, like, yeah. They are all caps. Uh, basically, every team rotated their goalie once in the Asian Champions League. Not easy to guess exactly when it was either. Huh. Must be arthritis. Be my guess. Just, it's so frustrating, the rotation. <laughs> I think yeah. the weirdest part, so the the Seco news and the Hitate news, like, I still have no idea if that's how you say his name. But all of those teams left Japan. And so there was you know, nothing that they, that you can see. Cause they're like, Oh, well they're gone. So we don't know if they're, uh, if they're still with the team or not. Like they, who knows? Wait till I win Mbappe super rare with a Chicago fire stack. <laughs> if that happens, you, you owe us a tip of some sort because it's, it's the karma that we bring that helped, helped you win that. In fairness, it's not a full Chicago fire stack. Four of five. No, I, he does have all five, I think, right? Uh, Brisson is his last one from FC Dallas. Oh, well, he needs to man up and make it a five-man stack. 
It's not even really a stack. It's just it's, a bunch of guys from Chicago. Yeah, it's for, for Chicago. It's like a pretend stack. Yeah. <laughs> it's a Dallas stack with four Chicago Fire guys. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. There is nothing better than being able to say that you won an Mbappe Super Rare <laughs> with a zucchini. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there you go. Calvo is a gold cup. So he does have a... Uh, but. You know, you didn't have one this week, so maybe you should have bought, um, I don't know, some other Chicago Fire guy. They've got a couple of like 15 and 16 year olds that you could have uh, could have picked up. Let's see, who did they start back there? Then this is just going off the rails at this point. Cal- Actually, Cal- said, oh, Bornstein, Kappelhoff. Oh, come on, Sean. Yeah, those guys are all affordable. <laughs> A little too affordable. Yeah. Um, <laughs> can't name a Chicago Fire defender without looking other than Calvo. Oh, yeah, you got me. I have no idea because I don't follow I the Chicago know. Fire. Oh, he's right, got he's got that. he's got Wikipedia up right now. He's he's pulling the names out. Weren't you going to buy uh, Ali Seda? Isn't that who you were saying you wanted to? Yeah, but he's a forward. He's, a, yeah. he's asking me to name a defender. Oh. Yeah. 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 No, Al- Aliceta looked really good. I don't, I didn't see any of the game today, so I don't know how he played. I don't know if he was involved in any of their, either of their two goals. Three goals. Three goals. Three goals. No. He touched the ball wow. 27 times. That's it. They scored in the 96th minute. Wow. Yep. You ah. said that Aliceta only touched the ball three times? 27 times. Oh, 27 times. Yeah. 27. That's probably not enough touches. Yeah. yeah, not great. Not great. Anyway, you got anything else on us winning more cards? Um, I think the fact that they're giving away more cards means we're probably going to win more cards. I hope so. <laughs> it would be really bad. I said this to you earlier, like not today. Maybe it was today. But just like I feel like I've spent – too much time and money and energy to not have won as many cards as I think I should at this point. And I, I think there's like a very, that's a pretty strong sentiment for people who have like really not won any cards. And there was somebody this week who won their first card. Who was it? (laughs) Ball bag AFC. Oh, and yeah, it was like some disappointing tier two card, which like I get. I've had a disappointing tier two card. Although, do you, do you remember who it was? Because I think it's actually not somebody that was as disappointing as he. I don't remember. I do know that my the tier two card that I won that I was very upset about has like tr- quadrupled in value since I sold him. Oh, uh, trusty. Yeah, Austin Trusty is like a one point eight or point one eight card now, rare card, and. Oh, he won no dong gone. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's right. Who? Okay. So a couple of things. He's got a hilarious name. So somebody pointed um, out that the fact that the guy whose team name is ball bag won somebody called no dong is like just, Oh yeah. So he's got a great name and then he used to be the starter at whatever, what is that? Blue wings or whatever. Um, yeah. I don't know. Maybe he'll get the job back uh, at some point, but I think he put up pretty good numbers. Oh, Hazel conceded in the first minute. Awesome. (laughs) 
it's like like I think what makes it even more tilting for you, Laird, is the fact that Sean's delivering the news. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't even Ruth knock. Yeah. Like if you I think if you saw that, you'd just be like, eh. But the fact that it's Sean delivering it makes it like mm, it's like, you know, needles in the in the back. What's funny is I'm like, I have done enough where I should win cards and I'm like playing goalies that concede in the first minute. And I'm like, why aren't I winning? That's because goalies don't matter. They do now, now that they're conceding. <laughs> oh, here we go. Jimmer has joined the party. Um, talking about a Periscope is discontinuing March 31st. I don't know why he brought that up. But he said that uh, no dong gone won me Matoma, that sweetheart. Wow. There you go. So, I don't know. Get no dong back into the... Uh, Get him back into the lineup, and you know, you might and then be use winning. Matoma to win that tier three Kikuchi, and <laughs> he'll be winning Mbappe's in no time. How do you concede that early? What? Anyway. Uh, I think that I think that you look at the fact that they're Vancouver, <laughs> and that's probably why. That's it. I think any Canadian. Any Canadian MLS team is the is like, oh, how did we concede uh, concede a goal in the first five minutes? Oh, they were Canadian Canadian MLS team. Toronto is reborn. Apparently, I think that they have their own league over there too. Maybe they should just play in that league. I see this in Toronto uh, conceded again, so now it's actually three two in that game. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Buxa, how about that? Still not Gustavo Gu. All right. This has been the latest episode of the So Rares Andrew podcast. I have absolutely no idea what we just talked about for the last hour, but hopefully you all enjoyed it. Uh, If you have enjoyed it, if you could please hit the like button below on YouTube. If you are listening to the audio version of this podcast, if you could please rate and review it wherever you listen. We'll be back next week, maybe with some more rewards. And more, I mean some, because I don't think we're winning anything right now. I think next week we'll come with pitchforks for Thomas. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Okay. We'll figure out the algorithm. We'll say why it's wrong, why there's no way that's it's sustainable for so rare. And so we, uh, yeah, we'll be back then. Andy, thank you for that. I'll talk to you next week. Sounds good. See you guys. Thank you for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. For more great content, visit rotowire.com slash soccer. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.